Welcome to our podcast, Ecclesiastes chapter 2. We studied this in Bible study. Let me read it for you, and you'll see how that song applies. I thought in my heart, come now, I will test you with pleasure to find out what is good. But that also proved to be meaningless. Laughter, I said, is foolish. And what does pleasure accomplish? I tried cheering myself with wine and embracing folly, my mind still guiding me with wisdom. I wanted to see what was worthwhile for men to do under heaven during the few days of their lives. I undertook great projects. I built houses for myself and planted vineyards. I made gardens and parks and planted all kinds of fruit trees in them. I made reservoirs to water groves of flourishing trees. I bought male and female slaves and had other slaves who were born in my house. I also owned more herds and flocks than anyone in Jerusalem before me. I amassed silver and gold for myself and the treasure of kings and provinces. I acquired men and women singers and a harem as well, the delights of the heart of man. I became greater by far than anyone in Jerusalem before me. In all this, my wisdom stayed with me. I denied myself nothing my eyes desired. I refused my heart no pleasure. My heart took delight in all my work, and this was the reward for all my labor. Yet, when I surveyed all that my hands had done and what I had toiled to achieve, everything was meaningless, a chasing after the wind. Nothing was gained under the sun. In school, math for some is the most difficult subject, especially if you're bad showing your work. You might get the right answer, but you got marked down because you failed to show the process by which you arrived at the conclusion. A good math teacher doesn't just want you to get the right answer. They want you to understand how and why those answers were right. And Ecclesiastes is about math. It is a book that shows us the math for the rest of the Bible. The Bible tells us that life apart from God lacks meaning. Nothing apart from God is satisfying. And life is short and there's no time to waste. In Ecclesiastes, we see how and why Solomon arrived at these conclusions. And he shows us the math, the process by which he arrived at his answer. Solomon's timeless answer is as timely as ever. I mean, the nation we are blessed to live in is an experiment in life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Basically, we all want to be happy, so we live solely for the pursuit of pleasure. Philosophers call this hedonism. Well, the experiment is not going very well, is it? Like the great King Solomon, we live relatively lavish and luxurious lives in comparison to history and other parts of the world. Yet... Many, if not most, people in our society are stressed and depressed. Why is that? 
It seems that many people are coming to the same painful, brutal, awful conclusion as Solomon, that life lived only in the pursuit of what we enjoy invariably enslaves and disappoints us. Those of us farther down the food chain, below Solomon, cling to the myth that if we could just trade places with him, we'd be happy and satisfied and joyful. However, when you look at history of very affluent and notable people, hmm, Jim Morrison, Jimi Hendrix, Elvis Presley, Marilyn Monroe, there's so many that have ended their lives tragically. Curiously, we spend much of our life worried that what we hate will destroy us. We fear that someone or something that we do not enjoy will overtake us and ruin our life. The truth is that what we love is more likely to destroy us. The things we voluntarily give ourselves to, think of it, such as comfort, food, alcohol, sex, power, money, loved ones, work, and pleasure, they end up ruining us rather than satisfying us. This is the conclusion of the Bible. And in Ecclesiastes, Solomon shows us the math. As king, he ruled with complete authority. No one in his kingdom would dare tell him no. He lacked no resource of any kind. Imagine for a moment that you had unlimited access to all your desires. What would your life be like if you could have anything and anyone you wanted without restriction? (laughs) That was the life of Solomon. But before showing us the math, he also gives us the answer. Life lived selfishly and without God is meaningless. Creating meaning in life by feeding our darkest fantasies, it's kind of like trying to make a snowman in the middle of summer in the blistering sun on a hot summer's day. I mean, you can go to university and get all the degrees in snow you want. You can rally together a few helpful friends who think you found a way to do it. You can read books from theorists who, who know how it can be done and work every day for the rest of your life. Yet all you will do is come to the same conclusion as everyone else. You wasted both time and energy. If you do not believe the answer, then perhaps seeing the math will help, as Solomon shows us all that he did to try to make life meaningful. Here's the punch list of what Solomon tried in his pursuit of stuffing meaning into a meaningless life. Laughter, alcoholic drink only in pure gold mugs, incredible real estate with massive palaces and private garden parks, probably a huge personal staff of servants, solely to serving his every whim, the equivalent of his own private zoo with exotic animals from around the world, a ranch with 12,000 horses and 1,400 chariots imported from Egypt and Cilicia, so much wealth that silver became worthless. On-demand access to performances by his favorite artists. Sex with any of the 1,000 wives and concubines 
Rockstar fame, the highest IQ and greatest insight of anyone in history of the world. A job he liked, and the power to do basically anything he wanted. Furthermore, all of this he enjoyed while sitting on a huge throne, decorated with ivory and overlaid with gold, elevated by six steps, surrounded by 14 hand-carved lions, and 500 custom-hammered gold shields. Yes, that was a crib to drool over. Honestly, would you be happier if your life was like Solomon's? Solomon basically worshipped himself. His selfishness drips throughout his report through phrases like, cheer myself, building huge homes for myself. I had everything. I became greater, and anything I wanted I would take. Solomon lived as a taker, not as a giver, as the center of his own universe with everyone and everything orbiting around him. Solomon became miserable because he never learned the truth of Jesus's words in Acts 20 verse 35. It is more blessed to give than to receive. This explains why God is the most blessed and joyful being of all, because he's the most generous of givers. I mean, Solomon tried to find meaning by enjoying anything and everything apart from God, but found it to be a meaningless waste of time. This just goes to prove that you can have a full fridge, full house, full closet, full bank account, full social life, full mind, full stomach, full liquor cabinet, full resume, full bed, yet an empty soul. Everything minus God is nothing. Nothing plus God is everything. Solomon arranged every aspect of his external world so as to afford him maximum pleasure. However, he never experienced enduring happiness and satisfaction because his internal condition remained sinful and the highs of life, well, they eventually faded. He painfully learned that happiness is a gracious gift from God that comes by being and not by having. The issue is not having a little or having a lot. Poverty theology will tell us that joy comes in having less. And conversely, prosperity theology will tell us that joy comes with having more. The truth is that while on the earth Jesus was poor and had very little, today in his heavenly kingdom the Lord Jesus is no longer poor. He instead sits on a throne bigger than Solomon's and rules over a new Jerusalem with streets paved in gold. That's what Revelation reveals. Throughout the Bible, there are godly, joyful people who are rich and poor and ungodly, miserable people who are rich and poor. This is what Paul, in 1 Timothy 6, 6, he says, True godliness with contentment is itself great wealth. With wealth... You can buy many things, but wealth cannot purchase contentment. That is precisely what Solomon lacked and why he found that, ultimately, 
All his pleasure and all his wealth was meaningless. In the end, there's a difference between stuff and satisfaction, isn't there? Without God, we may have stuff, but as the Rolling Stones rightly declare, we can't get no satisfaction from our stuff. It was Jesus who taught us not to worry about all these things in our life. Instead, in Matthew 6.33, he says, Seek first, first, his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Amen.